Welcome, JC. You know, really excited to have you on uh, Live Your Life with Purpose podcast. Uh, we originally connected when you were introduced to me as a as a new um, uh, someone new to the area who had just taken over um, the the um, the Alzheimer's walk in this in this area, correct? And so, uh, really excited to kind of learn a little bit more about your story and kind of what brought you here and and, and kind of go from there. So now, before you came to Massachusetts, you were from what, Indiana? Is that correct? Uh, yes, I actually uh, grew up uh, in Indiana, born and raised. I'm a, I'm always a Hoosier, uh, went to Indiana yeah. University. So uh, it's one of those things that you grew up on a farm and you're either going to be a farmer or a teacher. My parents were both. I was the, the farm yeah. boy out there. So I uh, moved around a lot as far as um, just where the profession and desires kind of uh, led yeah. me, so to speak, um, um, you know, just a, maybe a cliff note version. I, once I, I graduated in uh, 2003 from Indiana University, uh, then immediately uh, got on a plane and went to England to get my MBA in 2004 oh, wow. and 2005. So it's- what, uh, made you, uh, what made you decide to take that leap? I, I think it's just a matter of, um, I guess being a very fortunate, even though it would come from, a it just again the small town mentality as far as your community engagement which is that's just inbred in you but my parents were uh very uh, i guess prominent decision like hey decision making as far as let's go every weekend to do something even if it's a oh, road nice. trip you know road trip to chicago or indianapolis whatever it may be is just and all of a sudden i think that allowed me to realize that there's more out there, so to speak. There's a lot so to see, right? Like yeah, the... exactly. So um, it's just one of those things I think is ingrained, like many of the things in, in me and the heartland, so to speak, uh, the values and qualities, but very lucky that my parents at least got me thinking outside that there's more yeah. out there. And then, so really the curiosity, I think uh, really got me, so to speak, the inspiration, especially when you go to college, if you're fortunate enough to go to college, a lot of times your friends could be, from out of state or out of the country or things of that sort so you start really uh, open your eyes as you grow up so essentially uh, no, yeah no did you hey we're gonna do what are you gonna do i'm like what's my next step let's go big <laughs> yeah now did you know did you go with anybody did you know anybody or was this just you by yourself going to england and gonna get your mba and study? this was me uh solo the deal that i had with my you. parents the deal i have with my parents is like okay they they have undergrad anything else is on my own took a bunch of student loans out, sent a bunch of applications, you know, to, and then uh, to out to see where I wanted to actually go as far as the program wise. Yeah. Um, I, I had a student visa that I was able to get. So I was able to essentially work about six months. Uh, I think it's six months, either a few months, I was able to, or maybe even longer, but either way uh, you can actually work as a, as a recent grad over there. So essentially what I did is I hopped on the plane no place to stay other than a, a, literally maybe a hostel for a night or two, not knowing where I'm going, my black backpack and one suitcase landed, you know, got to Piccadilly Circus, not knowing what I'm going to do in, down in downtown London. Um, and just really what I did was I ended up trying to get real employment, so to speak, so it's good for your resume, yeah. things of that sort, but I ended up working at a, a pub in Piccadilly Circus, which, you know, Everything that I did, you know, not having places to stay, trying to hustle just to try to stay over there. But the overall yeah. goal for me was to literally, um, 
you take a look at East College campus that I was accepted to and to talk with the advisors, to talk with fellow students. So I, if I'm gonna make this big jump and take all these student loans out, I need to be happy the first time. I, I yeah. can't you know, go back on it. So really it was just, uh, just, just me, my suitcase, my backpack, and then just go and that's tough great. it out. What an adventure yeah. though, right? I mean, oh, that's amazing. It's, it's fun. I think it's one of those things, uh, I feel like I've done everything the hard way. A lot of times when I think there might be, you know, who knows, I might be putting words in people's mouths, but I think <laughs> when you hear about people jumping around, doing a lot of things, I did everything the hard way. Essentially is me and my research, trying to figure things out and and whatnot. So it's, I'm very yeah, proud of what I've done, so to speak. But, um, but it, yeah, I just went, went over there on my own and moved around a little bit. And then uh, yeah. from there, again, the same repeat as far as you, uh, everybody is from somewhere else, at least in my program. So yeah. uh, in there, then uh, all of a sudden, hey, I want to go to Singapore. So I went, worked in Singapore for a year and then then I came back to the States. And then, so I moved, moved around a like? lot. I moved around a lot, so to speak. But uh, every step of the way, it, I gained something. It's, I gained yeah. either... Uh, something that's good for a professional resume your experiences so it's a little bit calculated as far as okay what can you learn what can benefit you uh and, and so forth so it, it really is great the, uh, the last 11 almost 11 years i was with the new england pga uh here in uh, massachusetts then uh, really just got to the point where i wanted to listen to my heart and you know move over yeah. to the alzheimer's yeah. association and now how, uh, before we get to the Alzheimer's Association, because we'll probably spend a little bit of time there knowing both of our stories there, but uh, as, a, as a golfer for a long time, I'm certainly very interested in what you did in the PGA and what that was like, and, and uh, um, even more so over Singapore, because Singapore sounds like it was, it, it was equally as fantastic, right? I'm, you know, I, I've never been, but I would imagine that that's... Um, Again, uh, you know, just an experience that. that yeah, I mean, Singapore is uh, very. I feel like uh, from my experience in, in England as well, uh, I was able to. I'm just stepping back because I think uh, the analogy that I have that I've always really said is, um, I was able to work at uh, two British Opens, uh, golf wise, wise, and uh, get my MBA over there, and I feel like my experiences there, as well as uh, in Singapore, really shows you humanity how there are so many good people out there willing to help you uh yeah. and just to be nice i think it's one of those things uh, that hey we maybe experience it now you know so to speak you, you learn as you grow but when you're um you know young 20s so to speak mid 20s yeah mid 20s <laughs> yeah i'll say young 20s but it's mid 20s <laughs> mid 20s uh, but, but uh it's, counting, it, it's okay yeah, it's, so it was really, uh, it was really nice how people would come together when, uh, for you, even perfectly good strangers. Um, you know, just being able to be immersed in the different cultures in both. I mean, that's really what's always got me moved around. Is, is it's been fun learning from people, different cultures. And Singapore is the same way. It's such a melting pot. Um, yeah. I worked there in golf. Everything almost until this point has always been golf. I worked uh, for the first tee of Singapore, which is a youth uh, program for golfers where you teach life skills to uh, students as well as golf. Um, oh, it's it's uh, really, 
rewarding. It's actually, yeah, it's actually based here in the United States, but they have chapters or sections happening around the globe. Um, so I was able to stay in golf, but also be a, a you know mentor and a coach for uh, the youth over there. And it's it's mm -hmm. just. Uh, a lot of fun. Again, it's one of those things you just start out with an email. Why is it getting my MBA? Just, hey, I'm looking for my next step. And it literally start off with an email and then a phone call. And then, and here's my opportunity. And um, again, just trying to learn more from folks uh, and all that. And even in, to this day, I'm still in touch. I mean, that was 2006. So even for me, I still, I would say I have family there. I mean, it's like if I would ever get back there, it's, it's neat. So um, yeah, very good experience. I mean, the culture, the food, it's just, uh, you know, if anybody has a chance, like it's one of those things yeah. I would say, go for it. It's safe. It's the cleanest place. The people are nice. You don't have to worry about a thing. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's excellent. Exactly. Excellent. And now in the, uh, in the PGA, what were some of the things that you were doing in the PGA as far as like, uh, was it tournaments, things of that nature, you know? Uh, yes, uh, my time at the New England PGA, um, essentially, I was the director of junior golf uh, is my title and player development, as well as a mass chapter operations manager. So our chapter was on a professional side. We had a small office. So essentially, uh, whatever was going on, everybody had a handle in whether it's the marketing, it's the events, it's any, anything, yeah. training interns, you name it, uh, is something we did. But however, I would say tournaments are my forte. That's where I uh, really focus my time. You know, obviously in golf and like many other industries, there are uh, different aspects. You can be a PGA professional at a golf club and, and uh, run that merchandising operation. They'd be the head golf professional who does the merchandising and teach. You can, mm -hmm. there's a whole gamut of uh you know, titles and avenues you can take. For me, it just happened to be uh, tournament-wise. So um, I would think um, there's about three, I think on average we ran in our section about 350 events in a short New England uh, season. Uh, specifically wow. yeah. on my junior golf side, I got to the point where I ran 140 events uh, really almost in a matter of eight weeks because you got to think when kids are out of school, School. So I'd have four or five yeah, events yeah. in a day, uh, but I also did a lot on the professional side as far as our chapter is concerned, the section is concerned. So, um, yeah, the it's just it's a very rewarding experience to have like 1,100 PGA professionals in the section that you are essentially family with. In the same way, all of those yeah. you know, there's about the same amount, uh, 1,200, uh, 1,100, 1,200 junior golf families that are a part of your program you get to see the kids grow up you get right in front of you just almost like a teacher yeah. uh same time uh, a lot a lot of a lot of events a lot of events i was gonna i was gonna say it sounds like your background of your parents as your mother is a teacher and your father is a farmer has allowed you to really kind of take on these roles where you help educating people but yet have that really hard work instilled in you that it takes to to be able to run that many events in one day and over the course of a season and, and do all of that. And so, you know, having that background, you know, uh, it seems like it's been uh, very useful for you, which is, you know, which is a very, both are, 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 are very um, uh, professions that uh, deserve a lot of, uh, a lot of praise. It's uh, <laughs> the small town community and dad being a teacher, mom working at a junior college, you know, it's just a, uh, 
yeah, I think it's just something you grow up with. You learn the community, the togetherness, and it means inspiring when you get to help people, whether it's kids, adults, yeah. whatever it may be. Uh, it's so rewarding. So it's one of those things. Yeah. Exactly the work, the work ethic. But I think when you're grounded into what you're growing up, the really plays a part of what's kind of driven me today. Yeah, and now you're helping people in a much different capacity. And so, you know, I know we've connected and, and maybe you can just share kind of what led you to the Alzheimer's Association and, you know, kind of where we go from there for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, so for me, uh, again, in nearly uh, 11 years at the New England PGA, it's, it's still family, will always be family, uh, friends. It's just one of those things that's absolutely awesome. I cannot say anything. It's a very emotional departure, just I've left on great terms. Uh, but what it's been inspiring, it's, it's like the reason why literally for me is I listen to my heart. My mother has dementia and she's finally at that stage where she doesn't know me or my dad. And my dad's a 78 year old caregiver uh, in Florida. Um, and then obviously I'm in Massachusetts and between COVID and the pandemic, I haven't been able to see them anytime soon. I think is 2019 Thanksgiving is the last time that I actually have seen them. Obviously wow. we can do yeah. do the best we can virtually um yep. and whatnot but you know it's one of those things that when you're you, what do you want to do what do you like to do and it's one of those things i just had to listen to my heart so i like helping people i've always helped people yeah. i always that's just who i am and if i you know not that i wasn't helping people at the new england pga but when i can see the deterioration of my mother what is the toll it's taken on my family i'm like i i need to be a part of the solution or be able to spread the word at so least help in some sort of way right because it's so it's such a devastating disease to really go through and be a part of um you know and and i was drawn to the alzheimer's association shortly after my mother was diagnosed um you know it took her to my sister first took her to a meeting and kind of told me what had happened at that meeting but I didn't really understood understand it until I took her to a meeting and then it was like my world kind of crumbled around me and I had no idea kind of what was next other than the doctor telling me, you know, uh, uh, come back in six months. And I, and I just, I, I, I didn't know like, okay, well, what does this mean? And, and so, um, it was after that that I was doing some research and I found the Alzheimer's Association. And then I found, uh, you know, walking out of there, talking to somebody that really, you know, was extremely, extremely beneficial. Uh, and then seeing the sign for the walk, you know, it was just like, I want to, I want to do that. And then it was like, okay, that started things for me. And then I got involved in the walk committee as a volunteer. Um, and then uh, for a little while sat on um, a leadership council for Massachusetts and New Hampshire that has since been disbanded. But, um, you know, I've gotten involved in various ways and often thought about, you know, should I join the Alzheimer's Association as well? But, you know, something that is, for me, will always be a part of it, but the journey is, is so intense. And the more that you can help people through this process, then, I think that that's where that gratitude comes from of being able to potentially ease a burden for somebody in some way in some capacity um because it's a it's a it's a it's a very difficult thing to go through i, I still have a video of when 
my mother could no longer, you know, say my name or, you know, respond back to me. And it's, uh, it's hard. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's hard to watch that. Yeah, the humbling uh, is the gut check, the heartbreak all rolled into one. And it's, it's I, very, I feel very lucky and fortunate to be in the spot that I am so I can help other folks. It's neat to be able to relate to people, just like our initial call, just of introduction. It's always neat to, one thing you can do something that is to have a conversation, but then all of a sudden you get to learn about the human being and you can find things that you have in common, but you, you can also be that friend uh, yeah. that everybody needs. And I think that's just uh, a very humbling thing. I'm a very appreciative of such because every day when I'm making a call, there's that inspiration. I'm helping. Um, mm -hmm. I know even for me, I feel like shame on me, shame on maybe on my family a little bit, but as far as not knowing uh, until it's like one of those things that I had, um, you hear about the disease, you know about it, things of that sort. But when it came time to help or we needed help and that sort of, I had no idea about all the wonderful services yeah. and what we can do for the Alzheimer's Association. So even now it's like, okay, great. Um, I wish I would known this you know, five, 10 years or whatever it may be. And it's like, it could have helped a lot longer, but then again, you know, every, everything happens for a reason. And here I am, at least now I'm able to learn more. I'm able mm -hmm. to help spread the word. And now not only am I able to help my family, at least get them on the tra right track, then now I can help spread the word to other yeah. people that may be literally my spot. Yeah. And now I'll, I'll you know, you also know, you know, kind of what your father is potentially going through and, and all of the support that he needs as well, because, you know, one of the things that I found after I did a lot of reflecting was that six years of taking care of my mom, I lost myself in that journey. And that's where part of, you know, that's why I do what I do now was because of finding that, um, but it's extremely, it's a very difficult thing on, on that person. The stress of taking care of somebody is immense, you know, um, but then also watching this, you know, your loved one, um, you know, deteriorate in a way that physically nothing changed. My mother was strong as an ox, didn't take any medication outside of the medication related to dementia, you know, um, and, you know, you would never have known until, you know, all the things started to happen. But, but up until, you know, she passed, she was still not taking any other medication and all of that stuff. So it's, 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 uh, it's sometimes crazy to even think about, like, is this even really happening? Is this, is this real? In the, in the very beginning, it's like, I don't believe it, right? Correct, <laughs> yeah, correct. There's, there's so there's so much in I, denial. I, like I think it's denial or even the, the aspect of, I mean, maybe this probably might be taking the words right out of your mouth, but how does my mom not know who you know, the name of her son? You know, like that, if, yeah. if there is one thing that you could remember, you know, I guess sometimes you, at least, at least you're, you're playing it out in your mind. Okay. Things are going to be forgotten things, you know, you, whatever it may be, but there's going to be one thing that she's going to remember. You know, there's no way, there's no way she's not going to know who I am. And then all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, it, it happened. It, and it, ha it happens. And then all of a sudden, oh, my gosh. The yeah. one thing that I was able to always maintain with mom was just I, I always felt like even though 
maybe at times she didn't recognize me, but she always felt safe and secure. You know what I mean? Like if I grabbed her hand, she always, you know, grabbed my hand real, you know, back and, 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 you know, regardless of some of that other stuff, it's just comforting to know that you, you know, you give that, you know? And so, uh, uh, yeah, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a, it's, I think it's, it's really, it's such a life changing event and all that, but I think it, as bad as it can be, it's also what perception and then your attitude of what you can do and, and what you've seen. And, you know, you can, everybody's gonna have their sad moments, everybody's gonna break down. I mean, we've all had them, but the one thing even now, it still remains by mine. And I, it's, the more I think about it, it's like, I think, you know, even now I'm trying not to get emotional, but it's like seeing the yeah. love of, of my father towards my mother. I think, you know, even the basics of humanity, so to speak, yeah. uh, what, you know, it's, you know, you see it, you can relate. It's, it's one thing as a child, you know, you know, your mom and dad love each other or yeah. this or that you've seen. But it, to but see a human doing that for another human just gives you a different level of perspective, uh, perspective of like, we all need to take care of each other a little bit better. We all need to have another level of compassion for one another at a, you know, beyond just these things. Because the reality is, is that life is hard for everybody. Right. And whether it's Alzheimer's or something else, people are always going through a lot of different things. Right. And, and it really is, is very unfair to, to always for people to be judging without understanding. And so if we could just, if people could stop that, that other judgment and just realize that we all need a hand, yes. we all need yes. help. We all, you know, we are all going through a lot of different stuff, even though I may look okay. And when I, when I was taking care of my mom, I, people kept telling me, cause I was very involved. And there was one gentleman, he always kept telling me, take care of yourself, take care of yourself. And I was just like, I am, I'm doing well. And I even went to start to see a therapist and I was like, I'm taking care of myself. But then afterwards I was just like, I, I didn't take care of myself. And, and, you know, and that's really where all of this started because it was like, okay, well, I gave my mother everything that I had, but if I took care of myself a little bit better then I could have taken care of her a little bit better. And so that's really kind of what it all brought down to. And I went through a lot of different emotions throughout that journey of just anger and frustration and, you know, just being sad and depressed and all of these different things. But I don't know if, if, if you found that, but once I was really, I found gratitude and I was just, I let go of all of that other stuff. And then I was just grateful to be able to do whatever I could and to, to, to take care and, and do all of these different things. Uh, you have a, you have a, a shift in perspective, you know? All right, and it's, and it's the same thing. I think just like how you mentioned, like I think every, even me being from afar, you know, I'm not there every day like my father is, but you know, at the same time when you can have those heart to hearts and talking to them and getting them to open up. And it's like, I still, even to this day, I feel like any, any given moment, you can change your, your attitude. You can be sappy, sad, happy, frustrated it's it, it just in trying to keep balanced so to speak you know, and and yeah. that is hard it, it's it's hard for anyone involved whether it's family or friends or the neighbor yeah. down the street it, it's really uh and it, it's just it's 
it's it's just the the, yeah. the full circle. It hurts. It hurts, but you just want to be like you said. Uh, help everybody. If everybody could help everybody, out, everybody's going through something. And try. It is. Yeah. Outside is one. Th outside is one thing. You know, you keep the fire inside. That's always how it kind of been. You know, everything that's you know what you know uh, bothering you and what you always want to give the appearance that everything's okay. But sometimes and a lot of the times, it's better. To show yeah, and it's good to talk to people, down. and it's good to have these other, you know, places. And you know, part of the why that I, part of the reason why I'm enjoying the podcast is that it's nice to be able to uh, share different perspectives for people who have, you know, kind of follow different areas. But it's not always, you know, as easy as people think it is. And there's a lot of struggle, and there's a lot of different things. Just like you struggle to, to leave, you know, the PGA because you know you have a, a position in a place that you love. But then you've got to follow your heart and do things that, you know, of which you found a, a whole new level of, of, of purpose and passion for um, that exceeded that, you know, and, and, and now this allows you to, you know, even though there's distance, this allows you to help in a different capacity, right, because you have a different understanding than if you didn't take any action. And, and so, you know, I commend you for that, all of that. You know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even for me, it's like not knowing beforehand, and now obviously learning all the resources. It's just being able to have my dad open up, you know, to to finally be at that position. Which I think every family is different, every person is different, and whatnot. But it, it's taken a, a while for us to you know process and okay, what's the plan and things of that sort. And it, it's really neat to be able to spread the the gospel, so if you will, or spread the word. But boy, it's uh, that journey is, uh, you know, every day it's a, it's a winding winding road. But uh, every every day, it's it's amazing how there's similarities and stories. But yet, just like just like life in itself, everyone's journey is is a little bit different, you know. And I remember reading one of uh, Maria Shriver's books uh, on her dad, Sar Sergeant Shriver, and he would talk about how every time he got up, he would turn on a light and then she would turn it off. And then I'd find myself doing the exact same thing with my mom. And it was just like, okay, well, there are similarities. What I'm going through is unique to me, but, you know, there are similarities of maybe what, you know, what people are experiencing and, and then you just hear how they dealt with it. And it's just like, okay, you know, and, and sometimes you don't think that you're going to be able to get through it, but then, you know, you find inspiration, you find strength from all sorts of different areas. Oh, yeah. It's just neat. How it, just as far as the numbers are concerned, I feel like, uh, I think there's over 500, or excuse me, over 5 million people living, you know, with Alzheimer's and, it, um, you yeah. know, it, I feel like everybody knows someone or a family member has it or a friend or a neighbor. And, you know, being able to speak about it is neat. I mean, whether it's just a, that conversation can help be so uplifting to to you or the, whoever and or educational to the person who doesn't yeah. know and it's it's the, just being able to have those those wonderful conversations and being able to relate i mean that's again i feel very fortunate to be the walk manager uh yeah. for the berkshire and pioneer valley walks but it's for, fortunate because you can relate to people you know they they're able to give me advice i'm able to to share and this is not just it's not a profession it's something that's directly impacting my family and then it still goes back to like man like i need to help other folks this is going through yeah. just a conversation just yeah. sometimes all it is is a conversation being that friendly ear on the other line you know to help someone
It really is. And it's amazing how even, um, you know, when I, sh I, I was, I, I shared my story through Facebook and stuff like that while I was going through it with mom and, you know, it was rewarding afterwards to have people reach out who, who were then going through that, knowing that, okay, well, me sharing my story made it a little bit easier for then maybe somebody else to reach out to me to maybe then help them with maybe their first steps or a direction that they could go or something along those lines. Or even if they took a direction, just knowing that the Alzheimer's Association was out there without even contacting me, you know, again, that's, that's a reward all in and itself because there's things that, you know, I can't do that the association has the resources for. Uh, and that's, and that's the, you know, that's the great thing about it. And, uh, so, yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm a very big advocate of, of the Alzheimer's association. I, uh, I raise money every spring for the ride and every fall for the walk. And we'll always do that until, you know, just like the search, you know, the shirt says that, you know, we don't have a, exactly, we don't have a reason to do this anymore. And so. Uh, you know, hopefully one day we can put you out of a job and you can go find something else with a new passion. Uh, but... <laughs> I would gladly like that. Give, give us that one dollar back here and then uh, I, I'll worry about the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But listen, you know, JC, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I don't want to take up too, too much of your time, but I really I appreciate all that you're doing for the association and spreading your, you know, your story uh in your journey so that others can um you know benefit from that so awesome. uh so thank you awesome and thank you very much uh, scott for having me and uh one thing i would like to if it's okay to uh, to close on uh, course, just yeah. obviously because the alzheimer's association is a very special place that the one thing that has helped me and i think it helps everybody else is our 24 7 uh helpline it's yep. a wonderful resource it's 1-800-272 3900. So if anybody's hearing this, watching this, it was my first steps with my parents, it was my father, and it's now helping me down the road. So it, it, literally a simple phone call. But uh, thank you very much for, for this opportunity uh, to be able to speak from the heart. And obviously, if anybody uh, would like to reach out to me, uh, my information's on the Alzheimer's website. I'm happy to do whatever I can to end this disease. Thank you very much for the opportunity.